be honest, I love reading about personality types because it just makes me feel understood. Aww. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to To Be Honest. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm Grace. And today we're talking about personality types! Yay! <laughs> yes, we've been excited for this episode for a while now, mm-hmm. and we finally got on the boat and we're doing it. Yep. Mm, yeah, I feel like personality tests in the recent years have become a super big thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of has something to do with the rise of like psychology and then the renewed interest in it. But then also, mm-hmm. I think people kind of just love being categorized. I am people, but like, how else would have BuzzFeed tests become such a big thing? Like, why did half the population need to know what type of muffin they were? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I am people too. <laughs> there was something that people would do before called TBHs. Funny enough, it's like our mm-hmm. podcast name where people I that trend. Um, people like describe you and say like, to be honest, you're such a kind person and like throw in a bunch of inside jokes, but it kind of feels like they just are almost telling you who you are. And yeah, I just want to feel understood and related to, and I guess I don't know who I am, so I guess I need other people to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, I think especially in middle school, and with you a little bit more, I think, honestly, is like we all have those struggles with identity, you know, mm-hmm. and then we don't know what adjectives to describe ourselves yeah. with. And it's always nice to just have someone tell us. It's like, take this, I don't know, yeah. two-minute test, and then suddenly you have this entire uh, huge list of articles written out about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes, or at least for me, I know that I always feel weird about labeling myself as a certain adjective Mm -hmm. and someone else Mm -hmm. or even a personality test coming around and saying oh you're these adjectives I suddenly just feel validated like okay I've been granted the power and now I can use these adjectives yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) I definitely relate to that and also I think both of us are kind of the types to seek external validation yes sometimes (laughs) And then, yeah, when someone tells us something, like, if someone calls me, I don't know, hardworking, then I bet you the next day I am going to be working, like, ten times harder. Actually, I can't promise that, but then <laughs> I feel like once someone attributes the adjective to me, then I'm more likely to try to become that person, you know, because I yeah. already believe I am that type of person. Yeah, definitely. And this has happened to me before with my grade 7 teacher, calling me a quiet leader and I'm like oh wait I can go into leadership like I never thought that was a possibility and all of a sudden like doors just opened and Mm -hmm. then I was able to join a bunch of leadership clubs because that gave me the confidence to and this other time someone was talking about how there's some people who are just super optimistic all the time and one of my friends beside me just turned around and was like that's you and I was like it is and then like all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh I can call myself optimistic, and I never knew I was optimistic before, but now I've, like, been validated, so now I can be more optimistic and also realize that I'm an optimistic person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, the wheel of, like, adjectives and everything, mm-hmm. it's like, calling someone nice is very unoriginal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, honestly, you just call everybody nice if they're explicitly not nice. Yeah. But then, they're, like, it's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Grace is one of those people who 
I think, well, she said this herself, and then I agree with this wholeheartedly, where um, if you think of grace, you think of the adjective nice and kind and, like, warm-hearted and compassionate and everything like that. <laughs> like, that, those kind of just come naturally, you know? Because then I think grace's spectrum of niceness is very, very high up. Meanwhile, like, grace is also, like, ambitious, but I wouldn't say that's one of her, like, outstanding, super high-spectruming qualities, you know? Mm-hmm. But then that's not also to say that she's not ambitious at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it was really interesting doing this whole personality test episode because in reading about the types that I was and the types that Amy was, I saw qualities that maybe weren't the first to pop into mind. But like, if you think about it, you're like, oh my gosh, that's very Amy or that's very me. Like, I totally relate to that. So mm-hmm. this is just a very interesting um, opportunity to take and kind of just explore who we are, even if. I know personality tests can't be taken for a complete fact. <laughs> Too seriously. But they yeah. are very fun. <laughs> They're fun, at least, yeah. And for this episode, we decided to do the Myers-Briggs test, so the MBTI, and also the Enneagram, which I think are two of the most popular ones. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I guess we'll start with Myers-Briggs. Yes. So basically... Myers-Briggs gives you four letters, and the first one gives you an I or an E for introverted or extroverted. Mm -hmm. The second one gives you an N or an S for intuitive or observant. The third letter is T or F, thinking or feeling. And the last one is J or P, judging or prospecting. Yes. And then there's another one at the end, which is like A or T, and then that's assertive or turbulent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways... What did you get? Mine is INFJ. And Mm -hmm. the brief blurb underneath it says, quiet and mystical, yet very inspiring and tireless idealists. I think that does describe you pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) I think that I relate to this very much. And it's interesting because a few years ago, I got INFP, which is the exact same, except at the very end, instead of a J, I got a P. But Mm. I remember taking the test and getting an INFJ and thinking like, oh, but I was an INFP before. Like, I expected to get an INFP because it was my second time taking the test. And I went in with expectations. I mean, the more I read about INFJ, the more I'm like, okay, I understand, I guess, why this suits me better now. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that I wanted to talk about is the I, because I think that I am an introverted extrovert. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I agree. Because the definition of introvert or extrovert is kind of like whether you take energy from being alone or being with other people. And I definitely get energy from being with other people. But also, I relate to so many of the qualities of an introvert. Like, I'm usually a little bit more quiet and closed off and I have Mm -hmm. trouble like I guess like confiding in people about how I feel about things and stuff yeah and also I think it's enjoying a lot of the very stereotypical introvert stuff like staying home and reading oh yeah (laughs) rather than going out to parties Yeah, yeah definitely and I think it's very interesting because I was reading about INFJ and I found stuff that say like 
Um, although they're <laughs> natural loners, <laughs> they tend to get mistaken for extroverts because they love people, adapt well to social situations, and can be the life of the party. I'm not sure if I'm the life of the party, but I definitely love people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think this theme of being a walking contradiction is seen a lot in INFJs. Yeah. Because besides from extroverted introvert... There's also stuff like disorganized perfectionist and rational feeler. And I agree with... Okay, I read that line and I was just like, that is grace. Yes. Okay, so I am very selectively organized. I think people who know me from school will think of me as very organized because I have a planner Mm -hmm. for school um, and I like keep everything in school very organized. But my work desk at home tends to be very disorganized because I start projects and then I don't know how to put them away or like I'm like oh I'll just keep on working on it so what's the point in putting it away because it's such a hassle if I have to just take it out again or something so I have a bunch of unfinished projects on my desk at pretty much all times (laughs) (laughs) and I'm also definitely a perfectionist Apparently, INFJs are really aware of how other people around them perceive them. So perfectionism isn't just in their work, but also almost in their lives because they're driven by success and want to do better and help others become better. And then they also want other people to have almost like a perfect image of what their life is. So they don't like to show unfinished parts of their life. Which I also agree with a lot. I think that a lot of the time, this is also part of why I feel closed off to people. Because, like, I almost want to portray this image of just kind of having everything together. And, oh, you don't need to worry about me. I'm doing great. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Okay, this is kind of funny because now that I'm hearing all of these points, I'm kind of thinking it sounds similar to what I got this time for the Enneagram test, which is a type three, mm-hmm. which I very heavily disagree with, but... <laughs> which I very heavily agree with. <laughs> for me. Oh, for you? Um, not okay, okay. for Amy. I see why some parts match up, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Yeah. Anyways, let's go on. <laughs> Apparently, INFJs are also very idealistic and they can clearly imagine a happier and more perfect future, so they become discouraged by the harsh realities of the present. And this is Mm. very much me. I don't think other people know this, how much I relate to this, but I remember the other day I was talking to Amy and another friend, and we were talking about our cry counters, and a lot of the reasons why I cried for the month was because I was having a conversation with my dad and he was telling me about like everything in the world, I guess. And then I just feel so sad about it. And then like after he leaves, I always just like start crying for no reason. And then I just feel really sad because it's like, wait, (laughs) can we expand a little bit on what your dad is telling you about the world? Okay, okay, yes, that's a good, um, (laughs) that's a good prompt. 
He's well. I'm he's just curious now about how people in government and healthcare can be really corrupt.、Mm, yeah, like how doctors might get patients hooked on long-term medication just so they can earn more yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, yeah, and stuff like that. And I remember telling him, "This is so depressing because I guess I just want to believe the." Best of people and believe that humanity is good, and he's like, humanity is good, but like that doesn't mean that we can't see the flaws of the world and keep people accountable. And I guess that's something I'm working on.、Mm-hmm. But like, I completely agree with this idealism because I definitely do become very discouraged when I, I guess, see how corrupt the world can be. Yeah. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's like a good quality to have as well, though. Yeah, like we need idealists.、Yeah. <laughs> I think the unhealthy part is when, when I try to block all the flaws of the world out and pretend that they don't exist, and just like trap myself in a bubble of this fictional perfect world that I've made for myself.、Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. I guess it is an important quality.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you guys are probably the ones who need to tell everyone else to take action, because you can still see that perfect future while a lot of other people can't. Yeah, you said that really well. It's <laughs> <Anyways> , gone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. From what I was reading, this idealistic approach also goes into love, where apparently tune into our last episode. <laughs> Yeah, INFJs look for depth and meaning in their relationships, preferring not to settle for a match that's founded on anything less than true love. That's sweet. And I feel like you can almost see that in the last episode, where I was kind of talking about how, like, oh, I want my first person to be the person that I'm with forever, and I want to meet this person in a super romantic way or whatever. And like, I don't want to have any arguments with them. I just want to be happy, or <laughs> stuff like that. I think that all comes from this idealistic image of love too. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But INFJs also tend to be like very private, and they tend to close themselves off from the world, even with family and close friends. And I think that I. Like I can see this very much because well you're on a podcast now, Grace. <laughs> talk about your feelings with me. <laughs> we're we're taking steps towards improvement, but I don't know. Just reading this made me feel very validated because I'm like, this is so mm-hmm. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was reading into it a bit more, and apparently, part of why INFJs do this is because we fear failure and rejection. So like we don't want to expose our failures, and we don't want other people to judge us. I guess. Yeah. And we also don't want other people to worry for us. It's just like it's kind of funny because you guys are idealists, but also you like putting forth this、um, picture perfect version of yourselves to the rest、mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. So it's just like yeah, interesting how you guys both have those qualities. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of just like a rather than. Dealing with the bad stuff, you kind of just pretend it doesn't exist. That makes it sound、mm-hmm. kind of bad, but <laughs> <Yeah> . but <laughs> like I agree with that a lot. <laughs>、mm, yeah, and then part of the reason why we struggle to talk about things with other people is also because we find it hard to find the right descriptive words. 
And something else that it talked about was that INFJs tend to be better writers than speakers, which I agree with a lot as well. I'm definitely a super visual, like, text-based person, and whenever we go in a circle in school and everyone has to say something, I always, like, if I can, I always try to write down all my points so that I can, like, envision them beforehand, and if I can't, then I have to try and envision it in my mind and organize it and then, like, repeat the prompts to each sentence, and I'm like, okay, I have to say this, then this, and this, because I'm not good at improvising, and I have to, like kind of trace through the steps before I talk about something. And I guess even with this podcast, um, most of the time we brainstorm what we're going to say on Notion first yeah, and make like a rough guideline of some of the points we want to make. And I think yeah. that that has helped so much because I could not improvise talk like words no. <laughs> yeah I remember like <laughs> our first few tries we were kind of just like um where do you go after this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then like whenever we talk at the same time we'd be like oh you go first oh no you go first and then we still do that <laughs> yeah we still do yeah <laughs> okay anyways something else about INFJs that I wholeheartedly agree with is avoiding confrontation and conflict, but also being stubborn when they think they're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely see that in you. <laughs> I think that when I was younger, I definitely tended to be more stubborn, but then my people-pleasery side took over, so most of the time I just try and avoid conflict now. But like, there are some things that I'm still very stubborn about. I think it kind of depends with who you're talking to as well. Because yeah. with me, we never argue, but with my dad, <laughs> I can, like, okay, but also I think it's just really easy to get in an argument with him, anyways. But I can definitely see you guys being stubborn over some things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um,. Another quality that we have is we tend to absorb other people's feelings and emotions like a sponge. And we also remember random things that other people tell us and won't forget them for a long time, like in a selective memory kind of way. Um, (laughs) And I agree with both of those. Like I remember random memories and I tell other people about them, either things that they've said to me or experiences that we've shared together and mm-hmm. they're like I don't remember that at all like are you sure you didn't dream this up and I'm like I yeah. clearly remember no. this even though I was like four you, you do do that <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah like I'm gonna make this about myself for one second mm-hmm. yeah go ahead. but I think I also have a similar thing where I remember everything Grace or other people tell me about other people like, mm-hmm. their friends and stuff, it's like, she yeah. might just say something really offhand, like, oh, this pers- person A is dating person B, and then, like, six months later, she'll bring up person A, and then I'm just like, oh, yeah, isn't he um, dating person B? And she's like, did I ever tell you that? <laughs> yes! Oh my yeah. gosh, that is so true! <laughs> I remember, yeah, that exact thing happened. I told you that, like, about certain <laughs> relationships, and then months later... You recalled all of them perfectly, and I was completely floored because <laughs> I was like, I like, I just remember mentioning it to you in a really offhand sort of way, 
And I didn't expect you to actually remember that. And, like, yeah. that happens a lot with Amy. Like, I tell her random things or I tell her about someone in my class because I'm telling her a story. And months later, I'll tell her a story about the same person. And I'll think, oh, my gosh, it's been so long. Like, I don't even know if she remembers. So I guess I'll have to introduce this person all over again. But, like, she remembers that person. And then I'm like, I don't have to introduce her to them all over again. I, like, I am so impressed with your ability to do that, Amy. I I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) Because it's, like, specifically when it's about other, like, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. Anyways. (laughs) Random fact. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I do that to my brother, too. Like, whenever he says he's going out with anybody, I always just instinctively ask him, oh, with who? Or, like, mm-hmm. oh, who's your friend? Da, 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 da. And then he's like, why do you always need to know? And I'm just like, I'm just curious. But I remember all of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amy is secretly building, like, a spy folder of everyone in the city. <laughs> yes. Okay, type three is coming out right now. Whenever I'm looking for career opportunities in the future, I'll find them all on LinkedIn and then go like, hey, remember me? I'm Calvin's little sister. Mm-hmm. You were in his software engineering class in uh, 2022. <laughs> Anyways, let's go on. Okay. <laughs> INFJs also tend to be overthinkers. So those things that you tell us about or those memories that we have, we will replay them over and over again in our heads. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And... Um, usually we aren't the first to step up and we watch for others, either because we're afraid to bother others or just because they're passive people. And I agree with this so much because even when a teacher asks a question and I want to contribute something, I always look around first to see if anyone else is going to put their hands up first. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, me too, kind of. Yeah. And then obviously people pleaser. (laughs) that is just very much me that is very much her (laughs) and oh this is kind of adding on to idealizing the world kind of thing but like we tend to idolize people who we're impressed with and we have like super high expectations of them and we think that they're like amazing and they can't do any wrong and we tend to search for these perfect role models and Mm. I can agree with that very much I found that pretty interesting. Yeah. There are people around me who I really, really look up to. And, like, there have been points when I was younger where I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to be just like them when I grow up. (laughs) And, like, I realize now that it probably isn't healthy for me to idolize them in that way just because I know that I feel really pressured when people have super high expectations of me, even though I don't mean to put expectations on people. But there are so many people around me who are just like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, okay, these last two things I also agree with a lot. INFJs tend to be very empathetic, and we also really value hard work. And also, we can take forever to make a decision, because we weigh the pros and cons very carefully. And... I'm sure, Amy, you can attest to pain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I'm not the most decisive person either. So, like, whenever we need to do any, like, decision making, it always just goes like, okay, but what do you think? No, what do you think? (laughs) It's so bad. We have this at least, like, 
three times a week actually more probably at least like five times a week where we're just like no you can choose yeah you can choose <laughs> why are you asking me i'm indecisive i'm also indecisive <laughs> yes Anyways. but you know what even if we're both super indecisive people like i'm so glad that i have you as a friend emu and i was reading Aww. about the infj thing and it says that um we want to surround ourselves with people who will inspire us to grow and improve and we don't just want to have fun with our friends but we also want to like learn new things make new discoveries like go on adventures and deepen our bonds and i feel like that is very much our friendship mm-hmm. <laughs> hippie <laughs> It's pretty cute. Okay, and now I'm going to make a moment of decisiveness, and I will tell Amy to share her <laughs> Myers Briggs. Is that even a moment of decisiveness? That's just you saying you finished your part already. <laughs> no decision making here. I'm deciding okay, to okay, finish. Okay, okay, I see. I see what it is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my personality type is an ENFP, and then the little quote for that is enthusiastic creative and sociable free spirits who can always find a reason to smile i think that is very much you is it yeah i think that you align with an enfp a lot because after you told me you were an enfp we went through all of the qualities of an enfp and everything and i there are so many points i'm like that is so amy (laughs) yeah i remember the first time i was reading my enfp profile i was just scrolling down and i was just like damn (laughs) felt real nice and then okay um the first time I took the Myers-Briggs test I was actually an INFP and that was a mediator Mm. but then somewhere along the way I became an ENFP and I have just become more and more of a drastic ENFP since then yeah like the first first time I was ENFP I was like near the 50% mark Mm. for everything now I'm just like 70 and 80 (laughs) so wow yeah look at us go I think it's interesting that we were both INFPs before, and then I became an INFJ, and you became an ENFP. <laughs> the different ways we have gone. Yeah, our different paths. Anyway, keep going. Anyways. Okay, E. Um, A lot of people are actually surprised that I'm an extrovert, and I guess I can kind of see that, especially in class. I don't ask a lot of questions. I'm not the loudest person. So I guess I, I do come off in it as an introvert, I think. Mm. But I am extroverted <laughs> yeah or okay i think i'm also a bit of an introverted extrovert no 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 yes because then i i struggled a lot with like shyness and everything when i was younger mm. but then i like people thumbs up yeah yeah so campaigners um this is a point that showed up a lot and then one that i really relate to but it's just like devoted to enriching their relationships mm-hmm. and social lives and stuff like that mm. and then that is definitely me because friends and like um interpersonal relationships are such a big part of my life mm-hmm. so yes really done that point yeah. and then also it calls me charismatic am i charismatic <laughs> i think you are charismatic i think that am i yeah i think that you are i think that you can easily talk to new people and i think mm. that you genuinely care about other people and like hearing what they have to say so i think that makes other people feel very comfortable talking with you so 
I get if you're not charismatic in that super flashy Lightning mm-hmm. McQueen ka-chow kind <laughs> of way. But I think that uh-huh. you are definitely charismatic. Okay. I'll take it. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. And then it also says that in their unique way, campaigners can be quite introspective. And yeah, I relate to that one too. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I take a lot of time to just like sit by myself and go like, okay, what is going on? Mm. What is what is life, you know? And then, like, it's not entirely healthy all the time because I tend to overthink a lot. <laughs> but I think that's definitely one of my qualities. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be another reason why people might associate you with being introverted. Just because you tend to be very reflective. Mm-hmm, maybe. Okay, and then this paragraph... I wasn't too sure what to think of it, but then Grace and I talked a little bit about it before, but basically it just says we need to be careful because we're really intuitive when it comes to social situations and people's actions and behaviors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times we may assume something, like someone is feeling something, and then that causes some social stress mm-hmm. that keeps us awake at night. <laughs> was that what you were talking about, Grace? I think I was talking about... Oh, because Amy was saying how she feels like she is confrontational sometimes and Mm -hmm. I was talking about how I think Amy isn't scared of having deep conversations and bringing up those topics but I think sometimes she's scared that she might hurt other people by bringing something up Mm. and I think that that might be when she might be like puzzling over someone else's intentions or actions instead of just asking for an explanation yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Or my, I might just, like, get ahead of myself sometimes and go, like, oh, they're probably, like, feeling this way because of this. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, like, I'm just, I don't know, completely off the mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. And then in the weaknesses part, <laughs> there are a lot of other points that I related to. <laughs> okay, so it calls me unfocused. And, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, and it, it's just, like, I am the type of person, like, if I'm starting a new project, brainstorming it and the start of it is my favorite part. Anything after that is kind of just like, hey, you know. <laughs> I think I'm kind of notorious for having some trouble following things through and discipline and everything. And then I love like having new ideas and trying out new activities. But then I think a lot of things tend to lose its allure pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, I have like some fancy idea and I'm really excited about it at the start. But then once I actually have to start doing the work, I'm just like, ugh. Nah, I'm good. I think that ENFPs are very creative, and you're definitely very creative. Like, you're the kind of person who just shoots out so many ideas all the time, and you're, like, (laughs) the super creative person who comes up with a lot of the things that lead to inside jokes between us. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember you telling me about this quality where, you know, you have so many ideas, but you have trouble following through with them. And then right after, we were brainstorming Mm -hmm. ideas for a podcast, and you gave off, like, maybe ten ideas, and then right after, you were like, I don't know if I want to do any of them. And I was like, that is so cute. (laughs) This is an issue. Yeah, that is... And then, yeah, I've noticed whenever I have a group project or anything like that, in the brainstorming session, I'm kind of just like, I, I don't know, I, I let out a slew, mm-hmm. a spew of ideas, yeah. and I'm just like, blah, 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 and then, and then after that, I'm kind of just like, so, what are you feeling? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I like that quality about me, though, but I also, do. it gets a little annoying sometimes, like, I, 
I'm not good at having mm-hmm. long-term projects, which is part of the reason why I'm very, very grateful to have been doing a podcast with Grace, <laughs> so she can drag me along and stop me from quitting the, <laughs> all my projects. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm so happy to be doing this with you, too. Yeah. So, okay, it's a bit of an issue, but it kind of goes along with my uh, struggle with independence thing, but whenever I start a project or anything with anyone, I always need to bring someone along so it just <laughs> don't fall off. <laughs> Drag me along. I'm very mm. happy to be dragged along. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, and then the thing is, um, this entire article calls me very outgoing and everything, and then we've already established that I'm not the most, most, most extroverted person, mm-hmm. but then I feel like I do kind of have the tendency to befriend people who are, like, a little more in their shells or mm-hmm. people who aren't the most, the loudest people in the room, you know? Because, yeah. like... If I look at my social circle, I don't actually think I have that that many friends who are the very outgoing and loud and mm-hmm. and then it says like campaigners tend to draw people out of their shells and then many feel drawn to befriend people who are relatively shy and reserved mm-hmm. and then that made me feel a little exposed because I think that's kind of true because <laughs> then yeah the follow up point is they find it kind of gratifying to watch people open up and then mm-hmm. take a peek into their souls <laughs> and i relate to that <laughs> but anyways oh okay when i first took this personality test i was thinking about like career stuff a lot mm-hmm. and then the very first paragraph in the career paths part was maybe i could fly helicopters and be an oceanographer who writes songs and cooks and i was just like oh my gosh it's <laughs> me because <laughs> i i very explicitly categorized myself as someone who just like wanted to do everything mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's definitely me. (laughs) It's like, I'm still having some trouble deciding what I want to do with my life. But then, good news, it also says that I can, what is it? I can use my boundless curiosity and imagination to propel myself forward in nearly any profession. So I really got anything I want and on the plate. Yeah, go get it. (laughs) Yeah, but it tells me that I shouldn't stay somewhere mundane. Mm -hmm. Or like somewhere really predictable. So I guess that rules out some professions already. Yeah, I think you are very creative, so I can totally see why it'd be good for you to find a career that allows you to express that creativity. Yeah, but also, like, I don't think there are many people whose dream job is a, like, 9-to-5 office job, you know? Yeah, that is true. But yeah, anyways, the main points I related to was the, like, longing for deep emotional connections, Mm -hmm. and then, like, being very scattered and creative individuals, and the (laughs) trouble following things through, and the discipline part, and then, oh, I, okay, fun fact, I just started working Mm-hmm. I, I had my first day on the job today. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And it, I'm already noticing this already, but I feel like I'm going to have a lot of trouble keeping things professional because I think I, I have the tendency to just go like, hi, and then like, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then certainly there's nothing wrong with being friendly, but then also I think I need to learn how to set like professional boundaries, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> First of all, I think you'll do fine. You'll do great. Um, I have a lot of faith in you. But I also think it's very interesting how um, you're working on, like, having a boundary where you can be more professional, and I'm Mm -hmm. working on, like, taking down the boundary where I can be more open with people. (laughs) So, yeah, I can yoink some of Grace quality, and you can yoink some of Amy quality. Yes, definitely. There we go. Okay, and then 
We also took the Enneagram test. Yeah, we actually just took that today. Yes, we did. Okay, so we both... I was very upset. (laughs) We have both taken the Enneagram test before. Yeah. Wait, I just realized something. Okay, so when we both took the Enneagram test before, we both got a nine. Which is interesting Mm -hmm. because when we took Myers-Briggs before, we both got an INTP. But it's been a while. It has. For me, it's been just under a year, I think. How long has it been for you, Amy? I think mine has been, like, just over a year. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Or more. So we were like, okay, let's take it again. So we took it again together just today, like Amy said, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we both thought we were going to get the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, we did not. <laughs> we got very different things. Yes. So, like we said, we were originally type 9s. Yeah, both of us were pretty strong type 9s. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being a okay. super strong type 9. Do you want to go over what type 9 is, Amy? Yeah. So, the adjectives for type 9 is the easygoing, self-effacing type, who is receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Mm-hmm. And... I will say this right now that, honestly, I can see why I'm not a strong type 9 anymore. Like, I don't relate to those adjectives as much. Mm-hmm. But, but, however, anyway. <laughs> I definitely don't think I am what I am now. Okay, so I think, just like looking at this blindly, I would probably think that you were a type 7, which is the busy variety seeking type spontaneous Mm -hmm. versatile acquisitive and scattered (laughs) yeah that's like literally my mbti yeah i think that aligns a lot with your mbti and i think that if you weren't type 7 then you'd also have a super strong type 2 which is the caring Mm -hmm. interpersonal type generous demonstrative people pleasing and possessive 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 (laughs) (laughs) the last one i think of all of them is like all yeah a little more negative but I think that you're definitely very caring and like what you were saying with your Myers-Briggs type um you like to draw people out of their shells you like to make other people feel comfortable talking to you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and then on the other hand if I was categorizing Grace I would put her first in type 9 so basically what we said before (laughs) (laughs) and then if not I would also put her as a type 2 emphasis on the people pleasing part because that is another (laughs) adjective that comes up along with nice when you mention grace (laughs) i think it's one of the side effects yeah (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) but no we were not those (laughs) so i got type three Mm-hmm. seven two eight nine mm-hmm. um my biggest ones were type three and type seven type seven i'm pretty happy about type two as well yeah and then like eight and nine sure type three though <laughs> that was my biggest one <laughs> and then that made amy very upset because <laughs> um i don't know type three is the achiever all right and then I don't know how I got this one because I remember when I was taking this test, I know which type of questions were supposed to go into this one. And then I remember thinking that I was not going to choose those ones. And then like, <laughs> I think I did like go disagree on them. So I don't know how I ended up in type three, but I'm in a type three. So we have to deal with it. Or maybe I can just say I was misidentified. Anyways, <laughs> I think I do kind of have a complicated relationship towards like success and achievements and recognition and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then... 
Outside of the point in type three, which says that I have a fear of failure, I really don't relate to anything else. <laughs> like, it calls me a workaholic or incredibly productive. Definitely not. Talent oh. for beating deadlines. Most definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I was thinking, like, maybe I just got this one because, like, I still do care about success and recognition and achievement, but, like, maybe I'm just in denial about it because I failed and then now I'm just, like, feeling sad about it. And, like, mm-hmm. those are my family values a bit more. So I was just like, maybe that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, I have a deep desire within that just not has been unlocked or rather <laughs> has been buried. But no, anyways. <laughs> I think it's um, interesting when you got type three, you're like, I don't think this is me. Like, this is the one that I was trying not to get. Because I do agree with what you said about not seeing completely where you align with type three sometimes. But I think it's interesting because out of a lot of the podcasts and just a lot of what I've heard from the Enneagram, people always say that the one they end up getting is the one that they really don't want to get. Like, the one that they end up (laughs) getting is the one that they're like, no, this can't be me. Please, not this one. Any other one but this one. (laughs) I honestly don't have these qualities. Like, I wish I was incredibly productive. (laughs) And a talent for being deadlines. Yeah, I am not sure where you stand in type threeness. But do you want to go on and explain more about type three first? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, another two things it says is that they have a deep desire to win. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, I'm not sure how much of a competitive person I am. But I will say, I don't think I am a super, like, I have to get first place every time type of person. And it also Mm -hmm. calls me image conscious. And I disagree on that point. If you look at the podcast, I am kind of just, like, exposing all my bad qualities and, like, for the world to see. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) I think out of the two of us, I would definitely be the more image conscious one. Maybe. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe I can, like, chalk up more subconscious stuff. Okay, (laughs) but I I started, like, reading the article a little more in depth, and then it says, when they're unhealthy, dot, 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 there's become extremely jealous and few in every interaction in terms of a competition and maybe prone to one-upping others. Okay, I disagree with that one. Yeah, I Maybe not to that point. But then it says, they seek approval and reassurance from others. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> when is this is not fulfilled they begin to despair and shut down <laughs> the once driven go-getter becomes lazy unfulfilled and prone to developing a low esteem <laughs> eventually an achiever may choose to reject their sense of self and may develop intense mood swings many achievers report feeling like a holly shell after years of curating an image of who they to be this leads to major shifts in their careers relationship and lifestyle at their worth they may backstab ruthlessly and destroy others reputation solely for their own benefit <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's cross out that, like, second part, the, the part, like, I wrapped, because I don't think I'm to that point, at least. Yeah, I don't but think so. remember, like, I was ranting about me not being super productive or not being a workaholic, mm-hmm. and then maybe I am the once-driven go-getter who became lazy and unfulfilled, prone to developing a low self-esteem somewhere along the way. <laughs> so, so maybe I'm just a very unhealthy three. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, I still don't think so though, because like in the in the parts to work on, it says and work on embracing vulnerability and connecting more deeply with people, and I think that's a quality that I've already developed very strongly. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and also, I took a motivation test a while ago, and it told me that I was the least motivation thinky, was achievement oriented, and then that's the opposite of three. So I don't know why I'm here. Okay. 
<laughs> but as a side note, the like triangle thingy in the Enneagram test, apparently yes. if you're a healthy nine, that makes you into a three. So maybe I'm just a healthy nine. Yeah. But also, like I don't really relate to a nine either. <laughs> or a six, which is the like the holy trinity three. Mm-hmm. I think that I relate with the three, six, nine triangle a lot more. And I think I relate with Enneagram type three as a whole a lot more. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting to see how um, your Enneagram test and your Myers-Briggs test and also the motivation test you're talking about align with each other. Because I don't think that 3 and ENFP would be the ones that match, mm-hmm. you know? I don't think that 3 is the corresponding yeah. one for ENFP. Yeah, I don't think so either. And EFP was the one I related to a lot. Yeah. And an ENFP, honestly, like Grace and I talked about this, but it's pretty similar to a type 7, I think, mm-hmm. with the, the exception of a few qualities that I kind of don't relate to. Yeah. But I feel like MBTI tend to focus a lot more on the positive qualities, while Enneagram's a little less filtered. Mm-hmm. Um, So maybe that's just why we disagree with a lot of them, because we're not, we haven't come to terms with their bad qualities yet. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that's why, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people tend to to really dislike the number that they get at first. Yeah. And I'll say this, while I wouldn't call myself extremely jealous and view every interaction in terms of a competition and maybe prone to one-upping others, I do kind of have an issue with um, comparing myself to others, so I can kind of see where that comes in. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, like, comparison is a totally normal thing. Yeah, I don't think that goes to extremely jealous and view every interaction in terms of a competition and prone to one-upping others. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely very unfiltered. Yeah, and also, um, I only read the part for unhealthy. All of the healthy parts I just did not relate to because that was all just like, oh, you are very hardworking and you are very productive and you, I don't know, care a lot about achievement and stuff. And I'm kind of just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how you got a three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to retake the test, but I just got lazy, so I was like, hmm, whatever. Yeah. But I think that maybe, maybe there will be something that you resonate with over time, possibly. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is just like unlocking some part of myself that I haven't accepted yet. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. How about you go? Tell us about your evolution from the nine. Okay, so this time I took the Enneagram again, and like I said before, and like Amy said, I was a nine before, but this time I got seven and nine almost exactly the same, but I think seven more a tiny bit, and then three to one. So seven was like the fun-loving type. Nine mm-hmm. was the easygoing, the receptive, one. complacent, yeah. agreeable kind. Yeah. And then three is the one that Amy got. And Amy did just not went like. ranted about. <laughs> uh, two is the caring type, the and one is one. the perfectionist type. Yeah. So I think that I was a nine before, and I still definitely agree a lot with the nine because. The nine is a lot of, like, seeing things from all perspectives and being able to see where everyone else is coming from but struggling to find their own identity. Yeah. And then I'm going to say, like, 
outwardly, Grace gives off a very strong two vibe. But then once you get to know her, like, she definitely resonates a lot with the nine. Yeah, okay, I'm glad that you mentioned the two thing, because a while back, you told me that one of your friends thought that I was a two, Uh and I was like, wait, that actually makes a lot of sense, because I was also looking into two, and I know earlier, um, one of the more negative qualities describing a two was possessive, where they sometimes feel like they can't really be loved, they feel like they can't take care of themselves, so they can only really take care of other people in the hopes that other people will take care of them. Mm -hmm. And that, I felt like, really resonated with me, because when twos are at an unhealthy place, they look for love in a way that is very possessive and very exchange, I'll love you if you love me in return kind of way. And although I don't think I've reached that super unhealthy point, I definitely relate to the feeling of not really taking care of yourself and only really feeling like you're able to love other people and then having those people kind of take care of you, I guess. And I've also experienced giving gifts to other people in the hopes that we can be better friends. I don't Mm -hmm. know if this is manipulative because part of it is genuinely wanting to give a gift to someone and seeing them smile and making someone happy. But I think if I really dig deep into it, part of it might also just be trying to draw them closer as a friend. And I feel like those things are the two side of me that I really Mm -hmm. relate to. Mm-hmm. And then I think the part about me being a nine, I agree with it very psychologically, I guess. Like the deep part of me, um, when I was reading nine, I was like, oh, that explains so, so much. Uh-huh. And the whole triangle, when nine's healthy, it goes to three thing. I agreed with a lot too, because I definitely experienced um, when I was in a good mindset, I would go into a very productive mode. And so all that being said, when this time I got a seven, I definitely also like Amy was a little bit like, I don't know if that's me. Like, I feel like I'm a fraudulent seven because sevens are supposed to be super extroverted and outgoing. And I don't know if that's me. Like I'm I'm definitely, I enjoy being around people. I take energy from being around people. Mm -hmm. But I'm not super outgoing or extroverted, you know? I mean, maybe this is also just a secret unlocked compartment inside of your mind. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Which is kind of funny how on the podcast I talked about before how you wanted to, like, improve your academics and stuff and three is definitely the (laughs) academic achiever and you got a three and then I always talked about how I wanted to be more outgoing and like be more open with other people and then I get a seven (laughs) wow interesting interesting observation we got there yeah but um just looking at the numbers I definitely see a lot of similarities between seven nine and three Because Mm -hmm. they're all the ones with, like, kind of care about their reputation. They're not super in tune with their emotions. They have this idea of, like, 
kind of a perfect life and they stay busy a lot. And I guess I can see why my seven number has gone up because about a year ago when I took the test, I was definitely a lot more floating around and not knowing what any of my opinions were and kind of just like seeing things from everyone else's point of view, but not having very strong emotions Mm -hmm. or ideas about anything. Mm -hmm. So I guess I can see why my seven score is so high this time, but I still kind of feel like I'm a fake because, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the qualities of a seven, I think that people would say, I can see how that fits with grace. But I think that right now, a lot of the deeper stuff, I still agree with the nine more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and also relating it back to the Myers-Briggs test, I think that nine might be the one that aligns more with the INFJ. Mm-hmm. Because they're both the ones that, like, rarely rock the boat. They're both a little bit more introspective and reflective. Um, and they're both kind of idealists. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. I see why I might be a seven and I do relate with some of the stuff on the sevens. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see the seven in you as well. Yeah. But just like in comparison to the MBTI, like there were a lot more points in the Enneagram test that we tended not to agree with Mm -hmm. versus like the MBTI ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think might also come from the filter thing that Amy was talking about earlier I think that Enneagram might be the more psychology oriented one I don't know how true this is but it's Mm -hmm. raw and I guess because Myers-Briggs is more praising and positive and maybe a little bit more general it's easier to agree with what they say more and I also think that because Myers-Briggs has 16 personality types, yeah. whereas well, Enneagram, Enneagram has, nine. has nine. So, But they have wings. Yeah. So if you include the wings, maybe that's an extra, I don't know how many. Yeah, maybe. But I also think that Enneagram is more fluid. Like, they embrace how fluid it is because they talk about how, oh, if you're healthy, nine, you go to a three. If you're an unhealthy, mm, nine, you go to yeah, a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like... yeah. It makes it feel like it's easier to move between the numbers. Yeah, definitely. I don't think Myers-Briggs really addresses that. Yeah, even yeah. if you just, like, look at our results, um, each of us from, like, middle school, we only changed by one letter. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, with the Enneagram, I, like, I don't know, added an extra four numbers. Yeah, and I took away two numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Grace and I, our Enneagrams are, like, relatively similar but the biggest difference was I had a much bigger eight section and Grace had a much bigger one section. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that definitely made a lot of sense because mm-hmm. eight is kind of just, like, the assertiveness, confrontational part. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think I'm, like, super, super assertive or confrontational, yeah. I'm definitely more assertive and confrontational than Grace. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one also makes a lot of sense because, mm-hmm. as we mentioned before, I'm not very perfectionistic for most things and mm-hmm. Grace is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it hit it on the nail for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But reading about our numbers, three and seven, I saw that w- it says that we both have a youthful orientation, so we feed off of each other's energy, which is very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then 
We also focus on sociability, going out, having adventures together, and on realizing possibilities and finding personal fulfillment. Okay. That sounds like all of seven qualities. I don't see a touch of three in there. <laughs> Other than the maybe like personal fulfillment. But not even like success and achievement isn't necessarily. Okay, p- fulfillment in your own way. Sure. Okay, I just like refuse to categorize myself as a three. I'll just like delete that first number and go off. So I am a seven, two, eight, nine. Nod. <laughs> Which is funny because that's what I would have thought you were. Seven, then two. Yeah. Really <laughs> I think, well, we did take the free version of the Enneagram, so maybe the paid version is better. But I think that if we get something that we don't totally align with, I think it's totally okay to read about the other ones and see which ones we actually relate with. Because... Yeah. And I think, like, misidentification is a thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, they had a section in their page saying that, like, oh, how you can get misidentified for another Enneagram type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, in the end, if not for fun, then it's for yourself, and there are no rules that are saying, oh, you can't choose what type you are depending on what yeah. you align with. So Yeah, and honestly, personality types, as we said before, don't take them too seriously. Honestly, yeah. they remind me a little bit of astrology. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have a similar <laughs> mindset to, where... I find it so fun to, like, read through them and be like, oh my gosh. Or taking your crushes, astrology sign, and then just, like, compatibility. (laughs) (laughs) Compatibility, yeah. But it is very fun. So if you want to find out which types you are, we'll leave the links to these free tests in the description. Mm -hmm. Yes, go check them out. Yeah. Even if they are usually pretty general, you'll probably resonate with some parts and... They might help you, they might not, but like Amy said, we're like all super unique people, and it's impossible to really categorize everyone into a type. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see, even (laughs) from our discussions, that we didn't agree with everything our type said. Cough, cough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, while I'm gonna go on continuing being mad about being a type three, (laughs) you can go visit us on Instagram, you can find us at tobehonestpod. Um, don't hesitate to send us a DM, leave a comment, leave a like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Join in the conversation. Let us know what types you are if you end up taking the test or if you know already. And let us know what you think about personality tests. Yeah. And while you're at it, thank you so much for your support. And if you want to hop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating, it'd be much appreciated. (laughs) Yes, very much appreciated. We love you so much. And that ends our uncomfortable self-promo. Yeah! (laughs) See you next week!